0: We are talking now about short-term rentals and specifically what is happening on the Sunshine Coast in Seashelt. That community moving to restrict some short-term rental properties. And while there have been some concerns raised from people in the tourism sector. These are new bylaws that will come into effect in January. The district municipality or the municipality saying this was in in response to many complaints that had come in from the community, and this should help address that. Well, joining us to talk more about this is the mayor of Seashelt, Darnelda Seegers. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Jill, for the opportunity. I know there's been some, uh, some confusion, I think, about what exactly this will mean for short-term rentals going forward. So what specifically uh, is being, uh, is being uh, kind of restricted when it comes to short-term rentals
1: in Seashells? Right. There have, has been a lot of confusion out in the community due to some of the information that's been getting out. We are not looking to limit the uh, short-term rentals where the owner is on-site We're not going to be limiting those at all. What we are looking at limiting is the secondary residences where the owner is not on site. It's like a secondary residence, secondary dwelling for them. Those we are looking to limit. And we actually passed the bylaw last night. The bylaw passed last night with allowing at this point 15 only of the secondary residences.
0: All right. So, and when you say the owner not on site, does that mean the owner doesn't live in Seashell, or the owner doesn't live in that particular house? Could they be? Could they? If, what if they lived, say, next door? Yes, if, if they do not live in that house, it is not their primary residence. Okay. And, and what was the reasoning given for that? That 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 particular type of short-term rental would be
1: capped. Okay. So the the community actually came out loud and clear and said they didn't want any of the large. Uh, short-term rentals in sechelt and we felt that that was too far to go we need we need to have some we don't have as uh, sunshine coast tourism has said we don't have a lot of hotel rooms here currently so we do need to provide accommodation for tourists who want to come here but we it had to we had to kind of find that balance that you know balancing community feel and neighborhood fit the ones that we get the complaints about are the unhosted or on, you know, the non-residential properties. Those are the ones that are giving us the difficulty, the ones where the owner does not live on site. Right. And what are the complaints? Um, Lots of partying, um, always lots of people coming, up to 16 people in a house, typically in some of them. Uh, And it varies. But making sure that, you know, noise and garbage and, you know, people can feel safe in their own neighbourhood. They live there they want to be able to enjoy the summer as well and not have continual revolving doors next door to them with people coming in um, and partying. Right, okay. So
0: how did you come up then with the number that there would be 15 of these allowed?
1: Well, it, we don't actually know how many are in the District of Seashot. It's difficult to get uh, stats. So we know that there are a lot, lots of them in the District of Sechelt that are not currently licensed. Um, If we look at any of the numbers that we get from Airbnb or VRBO or any of the short-term rental platforms, we know that we don't have all of them licensed. So it was looking at what is out there in the community that we could kind of guess at. And when this goes into effect at the beginning of January, we will have the short-term rental operators applying. That information will go to staff and we'll be coming back to council We will have a new council at that point in the District of Seychelles and there is also the opportunity at that point if they want to revise those numbers they can.
0: Right, because if you, so with the number 15, what was the reasoning given then that this would be, that there would be capped at 15 for these whole uh, whole house or, or rentals where the owner's not on site? And if the reason being because there's parties and there are neighbourhood complaints, then why why isn't it shutting them down based on complaints rather than, but because what if there are ones in that 15 that are the problem homes?
1: Right, so the problem was that we didn't actually have any bylaws in place that dealt with that. And the bylaw that we, we basically had a, a business license bylaw and that was it. We had nothing else around short-term rentals. So this is our, actually our first opportunity to put something in place that is potentially enforceable.
0: And doesn't Airbnb, though, have a, pr- a rule as well? Don't they actually kind of police parties and have a rule against their short-term rental platform being used for parties? Uh, could be, but uh, they don't work with the district of seashell. All right. All right. Um, and, and as far as then the tourism concerns, uh, with some tourism operators concerned that this is going to make it more difficult for people to find places to rent and to come and spend their time in, in seashell. What do you say to those concerns?
1: At this point, we don't know how many of those uh, units are on the market in Seashell, And that will be something we'll have to revisit come January.
0: So, with people then, even with people having to have a business license, you're still not clear on how many people actually have these types of rentals.
1: No, we have. We are not clear on that number.
0: And and again, because even even though the requirement is the business license, there are a lot of people
1: that are, are operating without that. Yes, we. I, th- I think it's something like fifty to sixty percent of the short-term rentals that we know are out in the area actually have business licenses. So. And we don't currently have the way to determine who does not have a license because we don't have the data on where they exist. That's also part of this whole piece. We will be uh, getting access to software that will actually identify for us where they are so that we can follow up and do the enforcement as well.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, because I think that's what some other places have done. They've actually gone on the, the websites and the platforms and looked for the business license number or, or gone through and tried to figure out who has a mm-hmm. business license and who, does,
1: who doesn't. Yes. There is, a, there is a piece of software out there right now that will actually do that scraping for us. They will go to the websites and they can actually provide us with the information as to who is using their property as a short-term rental.
0: Right, but so wouldn't that give you the information then that that you're lacking right now and that in not knowing? That's also
1: part of the enforce the the whole bylaw. We will be investing in that software, and that will tie into bylaw and enforcement. All right. Um, how do you choose
0: then the fifteen that would be exempt or the fifteen licenses that will be still allowed under this new bylaw of the standalone rentals? How do you choose which fifteen get the
1: licenses? Some of that will still need need to be worked out. I mean, we will be looking at things like parking requirements. Do they have sufficient parking on site for people to be there? Um, Are they dealing properly with the garbage? Uh, Because we have bears up here. We have bears on lots of wildlife. So it's it's those kinds of things as well. Who do they have to support them? Do they have uh, proper support so that they can respond if there are issues? All of those will play into who will actually get the license.
0: All right, so it won't be like a lottery system. It will be actually a system where you, the best, what's considered the best suited place, gets the license. Correct. And when, and again, when you say just to to clarify that the owner has to be there. What if it's say a property with three or four cabins on it, and the owner lives in one cabin, but so doesn't physically live in the other cabins, but is on the property?
1: Does that count? That is not one of the fifteen. Those those will apply. Be able to get a license under the, you know, the other two categories. Okay. So if, right, so if they own the property, they live on the property, they have three or four cabins, they will be able to apply for a license that will not reduce the, or be, be counted as one of the 15.
0: And there's no cap on the other licenses? No cap on the other licenses at all. All right. And again, so this comes into place and this will be, so would people then in Sechelt who are, are listening to this or who have rentals, would they, is the plan that they will start applying for these licenses now and then everything is set to
1: roll in January? The applica- the licenses will come into effect in January. So we will be over the next couple of months putting in the, you know, the proper forms and all of that sort of thing. So if they are licensed, I mean, they will automatically come forward and renew their license in January anyway. Uh, those who aren't licensed will probably want to find out what the requirements are and start getting uh, that paperwork and stuff together.
0: All right. Is this is this also pointing at, or does this show that there is an issue as far as rental accommodation and the need for it? In that there is such um, such a dependence on personal rentals or short-term rentals, uh, people putting up their own property on these websites and these platforms, uh, as opposed to say hotels.
1: So we, we do have a shortage of rentals on the Sunshine Coast, but I, I don't think we're unique in that. I think that is something that's showing up you know, all, all across B.C. and Canada. Uh, so will this, I think what you're asking is, will this increase the um, number of long-term rentals? I think we'll probably see some of them convert to long-term rentals, but people will have to look at that themselves and determine whether or not they want a long-term rental or if they want to leave it vacant or potentially sell it.
0: Right, and there's no empty homes tax in Seashelt, is there? There is no
1: speculation tax in Seashelt.
0: Right. No, and more, my question was more on, on is there a lack of hotel rooms in that there's such a dependency on private rentals? Is that because there just aren't enough hotel rooms for what is a destination for so many people?
1: Well, there's a, there's a couple of pieces to that. One is uh, Sunshine Coast Tourism has done a great job in marketing Seashelt to the world, and we get a lot of people coming to the Sunshine Coast for, you know, the beautiful environment that we live in. Uh, But the other piece is um, the hotel industry has told us in the past that until we actually put bylaws in place to monitor and enforce, you know, the bylaws around short-term rentals, they will not even consider coming here and building hotel rooms. So... We're hoping that once we get something like this in place, that we will then have interest from hotels to come and build in Seashell
0: right. So well, it's uh, very interesting, and it'll be uh, interesting to see how things uh, unfold in, uh, when the, the bylaw comes into place in January. Uh, Mayor Seegers, thank you so much for joining us and for talking more about this.
1: Thank you very much.
0: For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season 6 of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.